freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. Oh, we're going to you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen in Ballard. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Salk. Hello! Spring training. It is Brock and Salt on Seattle Sports on 710, SeattleSports.com, the Seattle Sports apps, all those podcast platforms you're familiar with. All of them, everywhere, wherever you can find a podcast, you can find us. So, hello. We are here. It's a little chilly, 39 degrees when we got to our car this morning, had to scrape the ice off. I'm not joking. I know everyone thinks that I'm just rubbing it in and trying to make. No, it's legit chilly and uh, will be beautiful, I'm sure, by the end of the show. But, Brock. Hi. Justin, good morning. Everybody is back. Mora is down here as well. The first time the four of us have all been together in a little while, which mm. is great. Mm. Uh, we uh, got everybody back. Justin, so everyone knows how was Austria? Oh, it's a one hundred of one hundred. You and Betsy like, still together afterwards? Yes, 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 yes. We travel really well together. It was a perfect time. Great. Yeah. You got everything into your small knapsack. I did. I was just fine with the the hobo thing, the stick over my shoulder, walking around Austria. <laughs> Good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, the place know, looked beautiful. It was incredible. Looked like glacier. I'll have you know. Staying at nicer hotels is certainly helps when you need to get, have some laundry done. You just drop it off and pick it up. Oh, there you go. That was the best way to do so it. So you just did that? I did that. Wow. All right. So I knew you were going to ask right away, how, how was laundry? I was curious whether or not you were going to make it back and what you were going to smell like when you got here. Thank so, you. yeah, that was definitely a concern of mine. That's yeah, good to hear. I had my daily schnitzel and had a great time. <laughs> awesome. Uh, and, Maura, you are here at spring training for the first time. It's been a couple of days now. Our immediate impressions of being here in this environment? Well, is this working? Oh, yeah. Okay. I traded with Brock because we weren't hearing very well. Uh, I mean, it's been amazing. The first game that Justin and I went to was the the best uh, weather day so far. Just soaked up some sun. Saw what Cade Marlowe hit a home run and big. Yeah, yeah, very nice. It's, I'm so excited to see more. All right, well, Your we're got he- Luis Castillo tomorrow. Darn right, we'll be uh, making sure we see some of that. Uh, so yeah, we are uh, we're here and Brock. It's good to have you back after your week off as well. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, are you going to wear those glasses a lot? Because yeah. you got to see your computer screen, right? Right. Okay, so i got to get used to that. Yeah. Okay, good. So I can wear mine then, too. You can wear yours as much as you want. Yeah. So some things have changed. This will some... be a little different from when we were here in 09. Some things have not changed. Right. Right? The facility is still gorgeous. Yes. This is one of two places. Listen, baseball fans. Listen to me right now. I know it's early. There's two places, if you're a true baseball fan, you've got to get to. One of them is Dyersville, Iowa. You have got to get to Field of Dreams. It is one of the most special places, and if you are just a baseball purist, you got to get there. Secondly, you got to come here. You got to get to the Cactus League. And if you're a Mariner fan, you've got to come to Peoria in particular because the sun is rising right now. Look at it. Look at the sun rising over there, right over our shoulders. You get to see these players up close and personal. You get to stand on the fences like you did watching your little kid play 8-, 9-, 10-year-old baseball and watch him come out here and practice and play and just – yeah, honestly, walking in here this morning, Salk, you're right. Was it 09 the first time you and I were here, man, when we started the show? I think we started it here. Yeah, we met here. We met here. Yeah, we started here started and... the show here. Lumberg yes. One allowed us to come down on a, on a, on a very limited budget. Very limited. A, a very limited budget. Yes. That's fine. And you and I stayed together and, and rode together and had a blast. <laughs> and, yeah, it's flashbacks 14 years. I mean, that's not actually true. 
Well, that was a year later when we came down here. Let's be clear. When we first met to come down here, before the show had even started, we knew we were going to be working together. Brock was at the Four Seasons. I was at some dump. And Brock immediately was like, hey, it was really great to see you again. I'm heading off with my college buddies. Bye. And I was like, oh, all right, I see. That's kind of how it's going to be here with this show. You know, that's nice. Oh, Jeremy Urban? Yeah, that does sound better than getting to know your new partner. No, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you go enjoy the motel. That was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, my roach-infested motel (laughs) while you're at the Four Seasons hanging with your football buddies. Okay, so it was was year two. All right, year two. Let's don't let facts get in the way of a good story. (laughs) I don't know. The story's pretty good when you tell it that way, too. Um, So, yes, that was good. And I got to – I've had a blast. I've been down here since Thursday. I really do love it down here. Played a little golf. I saw something on a golf course that I've never actually seen before. We were playing a par three course, which I've not done before, but we played a par three course and we get to about 15 or so. And there are two greens right next to each other, almost sort of touching each other. Yep. And there were some people on the back green, some older gentlemen, and it was about 115 yards out or so. And my friend Joel, who some of you have sort of heard about in the past, he's a character, says, do you think I can hit those guys? I said, no, they're pretty far, well far away. Just don't skull it. It's okay. Sure enough. So is it a shared green, basically? Yeah, yeah. but they're they're separated. I mean, like. Sure. There's, there's an isthmus in the middle. There's a big yes. isthmus. Okay. Sure enough, he skulls that ball oh, no. as hard as you can. Oh, no. For those who don't golf, that means you hit it, like, low and hard with the edge of the club. And it's going tracking, and we're screaming, four, four. Thankfully, the guy, you know, puts his his hand over his head and ducks, and it hits him square in the back. Oh, no. Square in the back. Oh, oh." he he didn't drop, thank God. And he he didn't have a heart attack or anything, because I was legitimately worried we were going to get up there and have to call the paramedics. But yes, I've never. Have you ever seen that happen? Anyone get drilled? I've seen close calls. Close calls. But I've never seen anyone actually get drilled with a golf ball. Yeah. And of course, like Joel's like, what do I do? I'm like, you go over there and offer to buy him a beer, see if he's okay. Yes. He's like, I think you should go. I'm like, I really think you should go since you know you hit him. He's like, oh, you told me it was safe to hit. Oh. So what ended up happening? What? <clears throat> Well, we got up there, and Joel tried to talk to him, and it you know, went fine. But then I, I came over and diffused the situation. <laughs> okay, good. I came up and made a couple jokes and made everything just oh, fine. you're known to do. Yes. I will let you know. I did just a great job. <laughs> Nate, the third member of our party, just basically um, refused to go up there and was like, you know what? I, I think I, I accidentally <laughs> left the ball over on the last tee. And he's, like, headed back to the previous green. So, yeah. You can really learn a lot about a person in a moment like that. You're a piece. Peacemaker. I've always said, how about you? Peacekeeper and peacemaker. I do the best yeah, I can. Very yes. good. Hey, guess what? That, that orbit of, uh, of stars oh, over there here is. It comes. Yeah, here it comes. Yes. Uh, not that's the wrong use of words. Uh, here comes the biggest star in the galaxy. Yes. Rising over my shoulder, and it is a spectacular day. Yeah, it's going to be really nice. It's going to be so fun. I'll tell you what. Yesterday was great. So I went over to the uh, to the game yesterday. They played the Royals, so I uh, went over to Surprise, which is where the Royals play. And um, J.K. looked pretty darn good. Well, uh, Jared, uh, oh, sorry. Uh, he doesn't go by J.K. Uh, uh, Jared Kelnick. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. And now, look, I get it, and we'll talk about him throughout the morning. People are going to start poo-pooing immediately. Oh, he hit two home runs in a spring training game. Let's see him do that in June. <laughs> like, 
All right. Well, it's not June yet. Like, I don't know what the guy's supposed it's to do. It's also seven minutes after six. I don't need that voice. I don't well, need whatever that was right there. That's the I hate Jared Kelnick because voice. Because the Korean camera crew is going to come around the corner. Hey, once again, wondering what in the world is that thing yelling <laughs> over there. That's the I hate Jared Kelnick voice. And, oh. and you hear it from people who are very frustrated with what he's done so far in his major league career. Okay. I get it. Hitting a couple of home runs in the spring training game doesn't guarantee him anything. And I'm not trying to tell you that it does. But it's better than going over four in a spring training game. I think it was 107, 107, 107. I think all three of them had an exit velo over 107 miles an hour. Two of them did leave the yard. Another one just, uh, you know, a hard line out. But that's what that's what you're looking for. You want excellent at bats, as he said. You want to win every single pitch. You want to compete and you want to battle. I will say this: you all got a couple days on me, Maura and Justin. You got a game under your belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I got tickets for us today. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. so we're, if if we all want to be together, like we were year one, oh, is that what we want to do? <laughs> yes. We all want to hang together. Yeah, until Brock uh, ditches us. Yes, but I got I got to get my feet on the ground. Yeah, I got to get my I got to get my eyes. Well, you got to you got to see people. You got to get your eyes on the, Jared, on the pitch Jared, clock. Jared did walk by us. Yeah, Jared did. We saw him walk into the clubhouse. He's yeah. he's an intense thing. Yeah, let's just say that he. I know it was Mitch Haniger that gave you the the stare. Oh down yeah, that was that. weird. Yeah, and uh, Kyle and I was right here. Kyle Seeger and I had a little kind of awkward moment. So uh, he kind of walked in that door. It, yeah, and, yeah. I was over there, and you know, so I. I got to get my bearings. I, I did a great job of playing Peacemaker there, too, I would say. <laughs> yes. If anything, I, that's another great opportunity for me to play Peacemaker. True. And I, I really nailed it on that one. It worked out great. We're even allowed to talk about it yeah, anymore. No, Move on. Certainly not here. All right. Brock, get your feet on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you go bother some of the guys because yeah. they love when you shout at yeah, them. Yeah, they do. We haven't seen Ichiro here. Not yet. That's usually a favorite moment is to start shouting at Ichiro right. whenever he walks in the door. Uh, so, yes, get your feet wet. Get, uh, get your bearings. Get a good view. With the sun, get your sun tanning. Uh, uh, what do you call those things? Foil. Foil. Get your sun tanning foil ready, yeah. so that you will be, uh, you know, a nice like a darkened turkey yep. by the time uh, this week is over. And we'll be right back with everything you need to know. We're live in Peoria. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten SeattleSports.com. Need to know. Fifteen minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. All right, well, it's spring training, right, and yada, yada, yada. But, man, Jared Kelnick sure had himself a nice day at the office yesterday. Home runs in his first two at-bats, and they went a long way. Here's some time out in left field along with veteran A.J. Pollock. Swing and a fly ball, well hit into center field, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. A line shot home run for Jared Kelnick. His first hit of the spring is a rocket right back up the middle toward the batter's eye. Holy smokes, what a shot by Kelnick. Yeah, it really was. A beauty to watch. That got out of there in a hurry. The next one was a high, towering fly ball to right field. Look, maybe you're a little jaded because you've seen him perform well in spring training action before or because he's fared well against mediocre pitching before, and those are fair points. But you know what? Seeing him crush balls 400-plus feet, hearing him understand his new approach, I thought was, I don't know, eye-opening, and that new approach is very, very simple. You know what? Timing in life is impeccable. Right over our left shoulder, just as you're talking about, Jared Kelnick, comes Jared Kelnick, who looks just like Iceman from the original Top Gun, except for, I don't know, he's like 5'10", 220, he looks like an NFL running back, and he's throwing the medicine ball against the wall, doing like one-legged hops. He's absolutely the buffest of the buff dude reports, maybe anybody here in 14 years. 
And that timing couldn't have been better as he was just drilling the medicine ball into the wall as he did those fastballs yesterday. I don't think there's going to be much question, Mike, about whether or not he can hit the straight stuff and hit it really hard and hit it really far. It is just whether or not, as he said yesterday, hey, listen, can I take every pitch? Can I just win and battle on every pitch? Not worry about the count, not worry about the circumstances, not worry about where I'm at in my career, but just compete on every single pitch. I think that will be the key to watch throughout this month and certainly, more importantly, into the regular season. Well, if he's able to do it, it'll be because of his approach, right? Cut three, he explains that he's keeping it very simple. Uh, Good. I think anytime we stay in the middle of the field, good things happen. So the fact that hit three balls in the middle of the field today is a good sign. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mariners end up losing 8-7. Hits from Julio and France and Colton Wong had a hit. Nice to see strong innings from Justin Topa and Greg Spire. They will be back at it today against Chicago. Here's the second thing you need to know. You want Bobby Wagner back? It could be a possibility. He is released from the Rams late last week. Does he fit here? In some ways, yeah, right? He's a capable tackler. His understanding of the game would be a huge benefit, something they were missing last year. And on a significantly lower salary than he was making, they could certainly afford him at a position of need. I know he's not getting any younger. I know this team needs lots of speed, and certainly at the linebacker position. But certainly it's got to be a conversation. John Schneider was asked about it on Thursday with Wyman and Bob. (laughs) Obviously amazing player, icon, Hall of Famer, all that. Uh, He's not officially released yet, so uh, he's not on the waivers so uh congratulations to whoever scooped that but uh yeah no he's he's uh he's technically still on their roster and uh so we won't be able to speak to his agent for a minute or two which is actually himself so but he's saying he's gonna speak to his agent right i mean doesn't that make it sound like when he's available he's gonna talk yeah we'll dig into this a little bit deeper in blue ada i think a couple things do come to mind though number one pro football focus and sometimes I, I take their, gosh, he throws that medicine ball hard. If, if you want to hear, uh, yep, yeah, uh, you probably can't hear that. But that's Jared Kelnick once again abusing the concrete wall with a medicine ball. Uh, back to Bobby Wagner, Pro Football Focus still had him, the number one middle linebacker, graded this season in all the NFL. Uh, he is a possibility, and the reason John Schneider is going to talk to him and his agent, same person, is because of Jordan Brooks' injury. If Jordan Brooks didn't tear his ACL, this would not be a conversation. Jordan Brooks would be the middle linebacker. He'd be the guy moving forward. But because he did, because you cannot count on him, you are absolutely going to entertain Bobby Wagner. Many of you hit me up on social media and said, oh, come on. That that bridge has been burned. It's been napalm. They disrespected him. Just that little, you know, just little sources. Yeah. Let me know that. No, no that's no. not napalmed. Uh, he, no, 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 that was not napalmed. Nor no. was that scorched. You know what's napalmed? Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, at least according to the report that came out Friday morning regarding Russ apparently wanting Pete and John fired Mm. and replaced. We will spend some time on that this morning. Do I mind it? Honestly, no. Russ shot a shot. He was unhappy. He thought he could do better in a different situation. He didn't like the system. He didn't think there was enough talent around him. So he shot a shot. And he lost. And because of that, he got traded. You want to throw some credit around here? You know who gets it? Jody Allen. She's the one who saw the situation clearly and made the right choice. Here's the third thing you need to know. All right, the Kraken are a good team, right? We saw that on Thursday as they battled the Bruins and what sure appeared to be like playoff environment, best team in the league in town, and they nearly took them down, ended up losing, what, 6-5. to But you know what? They came up short. And then they got blown out last night by Toronto, another very good team, 5-1. to one. So, yeah, those might be the two best teams in the NHL this year that they played in back-to-back games. But it's clear you're not quite at their level. 
but you're also not that far off of their level. And that's what makes the uh, trade deadline on Friday so interesting. What do you do? Do you attempt to try to get into that league with those two teams by adding? Or do you say, you know what, we're not quite at that level. It's not worth going all in just yet. Well, what would that mean? Well, I mean, trading Shane Wright. Trading a first-round pick. I mean, the the market right now in the NHL is a seller's market. Okay. I don't think you want to do that. I don't think in year two, and certainly year one of a, of a turnaround, you want to give away any of your young assets nor any of your developmental pieces. So I, I had kind of hoped maybe that there is a mid-level. Right? I mean, this is a team that's been built on depth this year. This has not been built on their superstar power. But it also is a team that is telling you we're in a little bit of a need. When we match up against the best, we're in a little bit of a need. And, and then frankly, when they match up against just about anybody uh, outside of their winning streaks and their excessive road trips, they have shown they can compete with anybody, and they have shown, frankly, they can lose to anybody. And that tells me you're a team that may not need a star because I don't think you give away your resources, but it does need some reinforcement. Well, lucky for you, there aren't really any stars available. So <laughs> this is not like the world's greatest trade deadline. They will be in St. Louis tomorrow okay. night. All right, first observation. Thank you. That's everything you need to know. You want a first observation? I do. Okay. Because this is the this is the value. It's called value add. This is why we come down here. Yes. Not only for the sunshine, the beauty, the unbelievable memories we're going to create this week. My first word, thick. Like T H I C C. There's some thick boys. Like there, this is this. Oh, here ser- we go. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like, do you understand now why we created the Brock Heward body show drops? Oh, I caught with, some of it at CX. With oh, Don O'Neill, it's worse here, bro. It's Don't worse worry. here. This. I- what? I got a really good shot of Brock staring at Kellnick throwing the ball <laughs> yeah. against the wall. And yeah. I, just, I just posted it. Oh, really? Uh, you Instagram. can see the lust. You yeah. can see his tongue he's hanging a, out of his he, mouth in the drool. over his shoulder, and he turns <laughs> yes. around and just shakes his head. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, what, I don't know what you guys look at. Maybe you look at the hair. I'm looking at the posterior chain of development. Course. Yes. Okay, that's from hamstring to gluteus maximus and all the way up. That's what a scout does. Okay, that's what's yep. going to happen at the combine that's this week. This guys fly in this week. Right, it's you call it a meat market, call it whatever you want, but that's what scouts do. They analyze, they look at it, they they take in the information. Well, and let me just tell you right now, there's some dudes that have spent some time in the white room. There are some thick little squatty bodies, and and I don't even know the minor leaguers that walked down and went into the cage, but those dudes had some posterior chains too. So I'm gonna see James Clifford, old Husky linebacker, course. strength and development coordinator here, and I'm gonna tell him the posterior chain development. First glimpse, first shot, first time out, very strong this morning. Well, I will tell you, while you were staring at Jared Kelnick's behind, uh-huh. I noticed something else about him in a different part of his body that I think should make people very happy. I'll tell you what that is, amongst <laughs> other things, next. This, this is Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Well, it's nice to see that the listeners understand 360 this morning. Brock is creepy. No joke. Yeah, no kidding. Try sitting next to him and having to be a part of the whole thing. You get lumped right in with him. It's terrible. So while you were oogling and ogling Jared Kelnick as he was throwing a medicine ball against the wall and Justin did post an A-plus video of that uh, on Instagram. It's worth following the Seattle sports account just to see (laughs) the lust in Brock's face. Isn't that one of the deadly sins? You should be careful. It wasn't lust. It was timing. You You should be careful. You were literally just talking about him and need to know and then boom. He just manifests over my shoulder. It looked like lust. Right into his medicine ball thrust. It looked like lust. Lust, thrust, whatever. 
While you were looking at his rear end, I was looking at his face. Uh And what I saw was something equally as important. Big smile. I saw a huge smile. When? When some folks, some coaches, et cetera, came up to give him a hug. And he was laughing. And he was hugging. Oh, this was yesterday? This was right here when you turned around to talk. I looked over your shoulder because I saw hugging and I saw smiling. (laughs) And being a positive, uplifting kind of a person, I was immediately drawn to the love and the hugging and the smiling and the jovial atmosphere that was created. And I bring it up because I know there's a lot of people who think that that's not who Jared Kelnick is. I know there's a lot of people who think that he's not that guy, that his teammates don't like him, that he's sour or dour or whatever word you want to put on it. And I really don't think he's any of those things. I know that he's intense. Yes. I know that he has high expectations of himself. And certainly I would agree that he's the kind of guy who gets very upset when things don't go right for him at the plate. But I don't think I would confuse that for somebody who doesn't know how to have fun, for somebody who doesn't you know, fit in with his teammates, which we saw some of last year as he was celebrating with everybody during the uh, clinching moments. Um, but everyone seems happy to see him. And I think that's important to note because you kind of get the sense from some that they feel the other way. I don't know if it was year one or year two. Uh, I've already confused that in the first 33 minutes of the show down here where, where we started this thing 14 plus years ago. But I know it was early in the show when we talked a lot about competition. Mm-hmm. And I came down here and was like, so I, I just don't get it, man. And I was a lot more fresh off of NFL training camps and my NFL career and everything else. I think just about four years removed, frankly, 09. Um, I would say to you, like, where's just the competitive juice, man? Where is the intensity? You're like, bro, this is a different game. This is a different sport. You got to realize these guys grind, and and it's every day, and it's just different. I'm like, no. No, they got to be competitors. (laughs) You know, they're out here just going through the motions. Like, where's the competitiveness? And then, you know, you told me a guy by the name of Kevin Euclid, and you said, hey, listen. You know, there, there was a guy in Boston, and you, you've watched him, Kevin Euclid. So I was like, yeah, I love him. Super intense. Mm. And you're, you're like, yeah, super annoying. Like, teammates don't love him just, you know, throwing his helmet and, and breaking his bat. What's up, Luis? Luis. Yeah, and, you know, doing all – there's Luis Castillo. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah, thank you. Well, I saw, now, now Salk's the one with the crush. Did I know. you see his lust? I, know. I, mean, I was trying to he have a listen, focus. He wasn't listening to anything. No, no. What were you talking about? <laughs> Kevin you? What? Kevin you Uglis. You remember yeah. Kevin Uglis? I did. And, and it just rubbed teammates the wrong way because they're like, hey, man, just take it down. We all want to do well. We all want to compete. Yeah, just don't show us up. But, yeah, you're, you're, you're showy, and your intensity is annoying. And I do think there probably have been times, mm-hmm. I don't know about in this building, but certainly on his way up and, and maybe even around some of the guys where you're like, hey, hey, we get it, Jared. Okay? Kind of like Russell, frankly. Hey, we get it, Russell. You're here every day. Okay? You're, you're the first one here. You're the last one to leave. You're no time to sleep. You're super intense. You're, you do all these things. You're wired differently. We get it. Just don't talk about it. Right. And I don't think this guy has been one to talk about it. Mm-mm. Jared's, if, if anything, has almost not been dour, but he didn't need to sit there and, and spit out how intense and how hard he works. But I do think that that intensity at times has probably been one with other guys and other teammates yeah. where there's going to be a lot, no, more, I think that's right. a lot more feeling out process. Okay, dude, what are you really? Yeah. You know and what I'm I, saying? And I think because he works as hard as he does, he has everybody's respect. And that's what's most important. And they're willing to give you a lot of leeway as long as they know you're putting in the work. And I think that's an important thing to note. You're right. Baseball and spring training does not have the competition or the intensity, certainly, that the NFL does. But 
don't confuse that for not working. Correct. And, you know, you get here and you see who's here early and you see who spends extra time in the cage and you see who spends time tracking in the traject machine and you see who's working in the weight room over here. And you, I mean, those things are noted yeah. by the guy. You see who takes yeah. extra infield and not just the time spent, but what they're doing while they're there and how they're taking advantage of it and do they have a plan. And those things certainly matter. And, you know, all of those are reasons why I'm going to continue to believe in Jared Kelnick, that and the immense talent. I think he might be the beneficiary of one of these new rules. So I was thinking about it yesterday. I went over to the game, right? And so first at bat he has, he takes a borderline strike for, I think, strike two. And it was clear he didn't like it. Shannon noticed it right away. He kind of turned to the ump. Right? Next pitch, home run. Now, I'll tell you what he thought. So here's Kelna, cut number five. This is Shannon asking him after the game what happened in that little exchange. Yeah, you know, I I just asked him if that was the bottom. And uh, he hadn't said anything, so I was waiting for his answer. I just never heard anything. So I just tried to reset because the timer was already ticking. (laughs) So I took my time and then got back in the box and then won the next pitch. I love it. He might be a huge beneficiary of this pitch clock. He takes him if he call. He asks the umpire, is that the bottom of the strike zone? Can it go lower than that? Which is a fair question. I don't think he's being a jerk by asking that. The umpire probably is a jerk because he doesn't answer, which seems very typical. And what, is, and, and what does he do? He doesn't have time to get mad about it. He doesn't have time to think about it. Mm. He doesn't have time to react. He just has to say, uh... Okay, well, it's I, I got to get back in there, right? There's no yep. time to think. Clear the mechanism. So I wonder if that I wonder if he ends up being the beneficiary of this. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, that, Do you like it? Uh, I know. Yeah. No, I love I love that insight and analysis, and I think that's a fair point. And I do think he would be one that, yeah, you just got to zero in, bro. Like, sorry, you, you don't have time to think. You don't have time to get mad. You don't have time to react. You have time to get back in the box, clear that mechanism, and get, you know, get for, ready for, for the For a guy pitch. that can outthink himself a yeah. little bit. I mean, again, you, you, you made the comment earlier that he's the buffest guy we've seen. I think Tyler O'Neill would still have something to say about all that when it's said and done. Yeah, but, but he's he a bodybuilding tough. All right. And, and, but you and, just and said buff. yoked. I think he's going to yeah, probably, probably still win that one. Yeah, that's probably But true. he sounded anyway, and, and his reputation was, was not as a thinker. Kelnick, for all of the muscles and right. all of that, is a thinker. He is a bright if not guy. not overthinker. Exactly. I mean, he, he, he'll think this thing to death with his no. notes and this and that. And so I wonder if he ends up sort of being forced into not thinking because he doesn't have time to do it. And then Nobody just, does. And they just react. Yeah. And couldn't you also say, like, for the other pitchers who are like, hey, we know this guy likes to overthink things. Take mm-hmm. your time out there. Absolutely. Take a walk around the mound. Too. Yeah, force him like, to think through it and overthink can. it. Yeah, it you know what? It equalizes that, that, um, that relationship. I, I think that's a good point, Justin. Yeah. And, and, and so we'll see how it ends up playing out. What did you make of the pitch clock? What do you guys think so far? <sighs> okay. So if Kyle Brown is listening, he's probably driving in from Fall City. He's listening right now. He's going to say to me, uh, be careful about just acting like everybody knows the name Swatsky. All right. But let me just. Let, <laughs> that's because no one outside of our, like me, knows who that is and more. And you and Kyle. I know. So uh, I believe it was John Sawatsky was his first name. Maybe not. But Sawatsky, it was it John. So John Sawatsky, Justin, was the, he, he had an office when he walked into ESPN headquarters in Bristol that was right near the front office. He was an old uh, detective, an investigative reporter. And basically he taught everyone at ESPN. I'll get to the pitch clock. Trust me on this. It will get there. But he taught everyone at ESPN how to ask questions, how to interview, 
how, how to dig in. And he was pretty renowned at it. And he actually was so good at it, he came out to Seattle and put on a session for a couple days in our building. It was awesome. And he had a really unique, distinct style. And he was an older fella. And he would say, you see? Now you see? You see? And he was also a huge Seahawk fan. So every time I went back there, I would spend ample time in Swatsky's office talking to him. But he would talk about football and the beauty of football and why it was such a viewer-friendly sport was because of the play clock. And every play had a story. Right. And it built up. And you had this anticipation. And, you know, when you're asking questions or you're storytelling, you want to build, you want to build, and you want to build. And that snap does, and that play clock does, and there's a play, and you react. And then you come back down. And then it builds, and it builds, and you react, and it comes back down. I honestly thought about that is that pitch clock was going for the first time. This sport had some of that feel, that anticipation that, okay, it's coming. It's coming. Here we go. And I got to like reset myself and it's coming. Here I go. I got to, I got to get ready. Now, did I like it? Does it fit in the old pastime of baseball? Does it fit in, 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 in this baseball been unique and different than in the NBA with a shot clock with in football with a, with a play clock, right? Is it different? All the individual sports that are that are largely timed and tracking and swimming. What what is your time? What is your time? Baseball has been very different and set apart from those sports in a way. So I can't say I liked it. It kind of almost made me feel like a sense of urgency that I was like, ugh, you know? Yeah, I don't want that out of baseball. All right, look, I, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I, I went to the game yesterday to just get a sense of what it felt like with the clock there and, and all of that. It's fine. I'm not angry about it. I'm not upset about it. It's not ruining my life. I'm not going to rant about it. And ultimately, it is accomplishing the goal, right? It is It is the games of all, all three Mariner games have been under two and a half hours. Yeah. That's remarkable, especially for spring training games. So that is a good sign. And a two and a half hour game kind of puts it in line with the you know NBA and the NHL. And there's probably a lot of value to that, which I understand. I also get that it's important to not have Zach Grinke taking a minute and a half between pitches. I was somebody telling me the other day, right, about how they ran the Kentucky Derby in between two pitches. <laughs> that is clearly too much, and that is that is a problem for baseball. You should not have a minute and a half between pitches. It feels rushed. Yep. It, it it does not all the time. There are times where you know he just takes it and he throws it, and that's great. And and a lot of games function like that anyway. And I don't, I'm glad to speed up the Clevengers and these, these guys who take 40 seconds between every pitch. I think there's value to that. But not letting them step off, not letting them pause, not letting them sort of, you know, control the situation and think through everything. I don't like that sped up. That's part of baseball. And by the way, I think we're going to notice this over the course of a season, and especially for all of you radio listeners who listen to the game. Where are the stories? Yeah. Where's that conversation? Where's the second? Like All of that stuff, Brock, you yeah. call games yes. in the NFL. Yes. How quick do you have to be in between yeah. plays? Which, by the way, has a play clock that's 20 seconds longer than this one. Well, by the way, it's the difference between calling an NFL game and a college game. And why many of the NFL guys, frankly, couldn't do college. And like when John Gruden, at the height of Monday Night Football, they put him on an orange bowl. And he's like, yeah, West Virginia, no huddle. Like, I'm done. 
I don't want to do this. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. I can't even get in. Right. NFL game, at least they huddle. There's not really, you know, much up tempo until two minutes. And there's some storytelling. Yes. I mean, like, I want to hear Rick and Dave and and Aaron and Gary and Blue. I want to. I want them to tell their stories. I'll tell you what. They try to bring Dan Wilson in again on Tuesdays. There's not enough room for three people. Nope. They're not going to be able to talk. Nope. They're not. I, so look, I get it. Everyone loves that it's two and a half hours. That's awesome. I totally agree. But they seem rushed. The batters seem rushed. Occasionally, the pitchers seem like I don't care. I'm glad they take the ball and they throw. That's good. Yeah. I also think they should be able to call time yeah. <laughs> and and give them multiple timeouts per at bat. Yeah, this is to, one to of, this think is... through what they want. So you're telling me, the guy gets a hundred mile an hour pitch, it comes straight at his head. He gets to the ground. He dusts himself off after he gets up. Okay, you got eight seconds. Get your butt in the box. Like, dude, my life just flashed before my eyes. Screw you. I'm not getting into the box. I need some time to process the fact that I almost never saw my wife and kids again. Like, what are you talking about? So I, I, like, I, I like the idea, and I think that there's value. But I think that, A, it's, it's, it's too fast. B, they need to be able to call timeout. And C, I would eliminate it after the seventh inning. The end of the game should be able to function as it was meant to function. Yep. And if you want to speed the game up for seven innings, fine. Okay, I get it. But by the time you get to the late innings, I want these guys to be able to process the situations, process all of the options, everything that's going to go down, and then go and play baseball it was meant to be played. Well, we no. saw that issue in the Red Sox-Braves game. This yep. For sure. Yeah, so we have sound of that. Dave, do you have the sound of that? I think it's cut six. But do you have the sound? This is, uh, this is how the Braves-Red Sox spring training game mm. came to an end. Could have run them up easily. Uh-oh. And now one. He's out. They have called strike three. Wow. Yep. Dude wasn't looking at the pitcher. He was in the box. Yep. But you have to be focused on the pitcher at eight seconds. Up rings him up for strength three and the game of the base is loaded. How old are you now? Forty four. Forty four. Is your parent changed at all at forty four than thirty four, thirty six, thirty eight? I think so. Yeah. Um, well, mine because my my kids have gotten older. Yeah, and it's and it's different. It's different parenting a ten year old and a two year old. I ask you that because there have been multiple times, and Molly has a lot more poise and a lot more patience than I do. And I'll just immediately say, "Phone's taken. Take your phone." Like just, it's gone. Like you don't talk that way. You don't talk back. I'm done. You know, and I'll walk out of the room, and Molly will be like, "So, do you think you could have handled that a little bit better?" <laughs> right? Like, do you think you know what, what's and here's the unintended consequences. When you come in just like a hammer like that, you're not really teaching. And this feels like this clock and especially the pace with which you're playing right now, Salk, there's going to be so many unintended consequences. Yeah. So you just came in and you laid down this hammer because we're going to play a game in two and a half hours. And it's going to be like the 60s and 70s. Right. But then here's the unintended consequences. Like, well, I like those moments. Right. I actually kind of like the baseball played at a different pace than these others. You're just reacting, like Chip Kelly said last week at a, at a coaching clinic. He said, hey, man, we live in a different day and age. People can't focus for more than 30 minutes. Like, we live in a TikTok information. You, we've got to, in our meetings, we got to teach in our position meetings TikTok information yeah. to reach these teenagers. And, and this is and how maybe they this learn. this will work for that. Like, I get it. Personally, I think a lot of it is just a bunch of crusty old baseball executives who don't like sitting at the game as long as they do right now, and they want to go home. This is I totally disagree. I think this is 180 the other. I think this is a reaction to we have got to get younger. 
We have got to get the youth more in, engaged and involved. Why? And we, we've got the P1s. Why? We, we, we've got them. Why do you need to get the youth more involved? Be, because they're, that's the missing link. That, that's the one that, you know, in these years to come, who yeah. are going to watch. And if we get to streaming, and they're, they're not going to stream for three and a half hours. They'll watch it we got to get it right when, now. When they're old enough to appreciate it, they'll get into it. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe you're right, man. I'm not a marketing like you person. You never got into it growing up. I don't know if you suddenly. That's right. Really? I hated golf growing up. Like, hated it. <laughs> hated it like it was the dumbest thing in the world. I didn't have no. the patience for it. I didn't have the time for it. I thought it was the silliest thing. Now I'm old. All I want to do is lie on my couch and watch golf. I matured. I got older. My taste changed. I now have time in my life for a boring sport. I love it. Golf's boring, and I freaking love how boring it is. How about if they in golf, and oh, by the way, yesterday you weren't watching. You were playing, but yesterday they put the guys on the clock at the end. It was a two-man race, basically oh, turning yeah. into match play at the end of yeah. it. And they were like, oh, okay, they just they came out and told them. They're on the clock now. There's no real penalty. No. Like, you just kind of, it's like a gentleman, let's go, let's pick up the Which pace is fine. just a little bit. Can yeah. you imagine if golf had a shot clock? Ugh. Do we now, instead of watching? For Actually, five, I, got a, I got a couple of friends that might not be a bad idea for, for, for five Keith, if you're listening, putting you on the clock. <laughs> uh, sounds perfect. Hey, Brady, you too, hit man. You don't need three <laughs> practice swings, all right? Just get up and hit the ball. But can you imagine if they said the same thing in golf? Yeah. You know what? These five and a half it's hour rounds. Too much. You know what? The young people aren't watching it, and we got to speed this thing up. And what if we got to put, a, 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 honestly, well, this would be great. This would create urgency, and we got to got to get him on the clock, and they got to hit their shot within, you know, 10 seconds, and Sergio can't wiggle for 35 <laughs> seconds do we have to do that yeah I, you know i think that's the question now they did this in the minor leagues right they have performed this at that level jeff passon said it to us three weeks ago he said you just wait this is going to be the big this is bigger than the mound change this is bigger than high, juiced up baseballs this is bigger than any rule change any of big. you have ever seen i didn't see much of it uh, with the run game right I, I mean i saw somebody throw over once and i was like oh i wonder if he'll take a bigger lead this and that and it didn't seem to affect it that much yet We'll see whether or not it ultimately does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Justin and I had exact opposite. I watched the game, and then after it's just like, oh, I forgot to look at the bases. Didn't even notice how big the bases were. It's weird when you've seen something that's exactly the same your entire life now grow by an inch or two. Right. It's like when you see your nephew for the first time in a year. Like, you look huge. <laughs> the bases look completely comically So large. Mario Brothers mushroom, right? It kind of grows and grows and grows. <laughs> yes. Is this the first kind of iteration of the mushroom? Or the second, or the third, it, where it are we fe- at? It felt weird when I saw one of the guys that was a, um, a grounds crew come out, who, sitting next to the shortstop, was small. <laughs> and he picked up a giant base. <laughs> so, is he going to be able to lift that? It just looked really big. Yeah. Wow. I, it's so funny. I, I didn't notice. Justin was obviously looking at its posterior chain. Uh-huh. And, yes, and was, right. was kind of body uh, shaming the, body base, shaming the uh-huh. base, which I thought was a bit much. I mean, it's not its fault it's square. I mean, That's what else me. is it supposed to be? <laughs> Yeah. Just to be fair, Justin did point it out once they were ripped out of the yeah. off the field. You, you noticed it more. I didn't really notice it, which is which is funny. I'll tell you. So the did other you thing the shift. Uh, I did. You know, it's funny. I watched the game, and I, I don't know if it was Colton Wong or who it was. There were a couple different hits where I'm like, oh, that's, that's going to. Oh, it was Colton Wong had one, and the kid who was DHing for them yesterday, Moran. Mm. I don't really know. He DH had a couple of hits. He's a lefty, and he pulled one right through the hole. I was like, oh yeah, that would have been an out. Yep. And instead, it's a base hit. And you know what was else was great about it? I think it was J.P. Cro- uh, I don't know. I think it was Crawford who was on first base, went first to third. Those plays are exciting in baseball, right? Yep. You get a man on first. You hit a ground ball to the right side. He goes first to third because it gets through the hole. 
that has been missing from the game. So while I will complain a little bit about the pitch clock because I think it's taking something away, I want to tell you, man, I am psyched, yep. psyched about the changes to the shift and just seeing that seeing moment. a ground ball go through. Yeah, the way it's meant to. Yes, watch, watch, and you watch Little League and games through the years, and you know, right in front of us is this big mural, and look at Edgar up there, and Raul up there, and Harold, and all the guys. Like you hit a ground ball, and it's like, okay, that has a chance to get through. Yeah. And over the last, I don't know, five years, you put a ball on the ground, like, oh, it's going to hit somebody. Right. Right. They're, <laughs> they're going to be there. shaded in exactly the right spot, <laughs> even though that ball's hit right up the middle. That's right? exactly right. And, and, and so, yeah, I think it just brings a, hopefully a little bit more of, of that action. Well, and, and yeah, see, and it's one thing to get a guy on base. That's good. And that sort of sets everything up. But the whole first to third thing and action. the speed and the action. You know action, what it is? It, and now action, you've got a situation, right? Action, first to third, what do you do? The action is good. The action is great. Yeah. Forcing that action, yeah, exactly. On on a time clock, that's that's the one. Oh. Now we're used to it, right? As I said, in in, in so in in girls basketball for Macy and Haley, and the, the, there's no shot clock, and it's and it absolutely drives yeah, that's me. That's a lot. Bananas. Yeah. Teams holding the ball for like a minute. Let's go. Yeah. Come on, we need a shot clock in basketball. You need it. You need a shot clock in football. Play clock in football. Could you put? Could you do what they do in golf? Could you not have a clock and then put guys on the clock? Yep. Sorry, Zach Grinke, you're on the clock. That's right. You take you, more you, than you, you, twenty you, seconds. Exactly. It's going to be a give the a guy, walk. give yes. the guy, give the umpires or somebody either discretion or yep. you know a mark. Yep. Hey, we're going to give you you know twenty five seconds. We'd really like to see you get this done in fifteen, but we're going to give you twenty five. And if you can't get it done, or tell you what, if you are over fifteen seconds ten times. Yep. We're going to put you on the clock. Yep. And now you've got to throw it within 15 seconds. But give the guys an opportunity to step off and talk. I don't need Nomar dealing right. with, his, with his gloves for an hour and a yep. half. But, like, they've got to be staring at the pitcher eight seconds after they've nearly been beamed in the face? Yep. Come on. That just there's yeah. something about that that just. I don't it like your idea of doing the the last two innings, and it's like okay, everybody except yeah. your closers have to follow the. That's rule. fair. No, yeah. it's a good point. Well, and everybody would be into a tempo already, and it would change it. I I get that. That's yeah. a, that's a very valid point. Of course, you know, once you get to the tenth inning, you're just allowed to put some random dude on second base. <laughs> so whatever. I mean, we're already oh, admitting we that we go. can just change the game at our will. Even though Scott Service has said this rule, has I don't been care that Scott says us. that. This is the same also, Scott Service who tried to tell me. Ty France wasn't hurt last year. Whoa, whoa, so you know whoa, what kind of respect whoa, I got there. Right. Scott's going to join us tomorrow morning. We're going to have Matt Brash join us at 830 this morning. Looking forward whoa. to talking to him. Awesome. Stick around. we got a lot more from spring training next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710 salesports.com.